Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... The Soaring Twenties high-flying picture book debuts return for day three of five, taking over this here humble podcast space. And today, it's all about the details. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 590. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. I invited the members of the Soaring Twenties high-flying picture book debuts to take over the podcast for the week. Writers and illustrators take in their surroundings and experiences and sometimes put it into their craft. Today, a group of kidlit bookmakers is answering the question, are there any details in your book that have come from your life? Illuminating us with their responses, I'm joined today by Julie rowan Zock. Vicky Fang, Joanna Pastro, Isabella Kung, Melanie Ellsworth, Susan Cussell, and Hope Lim. Check the link in the show notes or visit the Children's Book Podcast on Bookshop to browse any of the books featured throughout this week's episodes. When you shop there, your books are sourced from independent bookstores across the country. It also supports the Children's Book Podcast. So it's a whole lot of peace of mind from one online venue. And now, let's turn it over to the Soaring Twenties high-flying picture book debuts. Hello, I'm Julie Rowan-Zock, the illustrator for Tom Lichtenheld's forthcoming book with Houghton Mifflin Harcourt called Lewis, set to release on October 6, 2020. Lewis features a stuffed bear named Lewis who can no longer bear the rough and tumble life of a toy, so he's decided to make a break for it. So I'd really like to tell you something about how I work um, as an illustrator and about my work on this book. So one of the most important things for illustrators is observation. And I believe all creatives, not just writers and illustrators, rely on keen observation skills to build up a catalog of visuals, sounds, smells, and touch, all for future use. I believe everyone does this, but artists may be more aware of it as a skill. I've been an avid gardener since I moved back to the United States over 20 years ago, and gardening has helped me to learn to pay really sharp attention to detail because observing plants is really important for their health. The edges, the shapes, and the color of the leaves, the stems... Different periods of growth all help me identify plants and determine how they're getting on, what they might need, or if it's a weed I'd like to pull. 
So I think some of these same skills have helped me with illustration. My style may be described as minimal and the line work has to carry a lot of information. So without even thinking about it, I pay close attention to people, their pets, squirrels in the tree, birds, insects, spider webs too. I often get caught staring in the supermarket, for example, taking in all manner of information, like watching someone's face when they're wondering which tomato sauce to choose, how their eyebrow moves in relation to the mouth while they're making that decision, or how a child's hair falls when they're jumping up and down. A cute outfit, an untied shoe, all these tiny bits of information can be called upon while drawing the character's posture or imagine what they might say next when I'm writing. Many of the details in my illustrations for Lewis have come from such observations, and some are just objects that remind me of family, friends, or from my own childhood. I love placing uh, wooden train tracks all over the house for my kids and myself to play, so I had to include one in the spreads. My mother's tomato pincushion, a fish, the only pet my kids ever had. Both my kids had bright yellow rain gear and sheets with cloud patterns on their beds. And I always call back to chickadees when I'm hanging out the wash. So I've placed one of them in the wash line post as well in Lewis. I love Astrid Lindgren's writing. And in Lotta the Troublemaker Street, on the Troublemaker Street, um, her mother sews her a stuffed animal, which she calls, uh, she wants to call him Teddy until her father points out that it's a pig. So she names it Schweinebär. I first read it in German, so that means piggy bear. I just had to include a Schweinebär in this teddy bear story. Thanks for listening about my work. Take care. I'm Vicki Fang, and I'm the author of two upcoming children's books, both of which launch on May 5th, 2020, which makes it a double debut book birthday for me. The first is a picture book called Invent-A-Pet, and the second is an illustrated early chapter book series called Layla and the Bots. Both are STEM or STEAM-inspired stories that feature a courageous and innovative girl in tech. So I'll give a quick synopsis of the books, and then I'll talk about how my life played a role in the creation of these stories. The first book, Invent-A-Pet, is a picture book about a girl who discovers a mysterious machine in her living room and must figure out the formula for her perfect, extraordinary pet. It introduces the basic concepts of problem-solving, inputs and outputs, functions, but most importantly, the idea that the extraordinary can be found in all of us. The second book, Layla and the Bots, is a fully illustrated early chapter book series about a rock star slash inventor and her crew of bots. They design and build awesome inventions to help people they meet at their shows, which in book one means creating an amusement park for dogs. I wrote both of these books to inspire kids to design and build with technology. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because I am a product designer that has worked with Google, Intel, Disney, and others to create innovative technology experiences, many of which were designed for kids. I've designed DIY robots for kids. I've designed buildings that play music when you interact with them. I've designed software that plays music and sound effects when you read a book aloud. And it's through these experiences as a technology product designer that I have enjoyed the magic that technology can bring. And that's an experience that I've pulled into these books. 
I'm hoping that these books inspire and empower kids, and I'm stealing this from the tagline on the back of the Layla and the Bots books, to think, build, and rock out with technology. My name is Joanna Pastro. I'm the author of Lily Bella Damsel Not in Distress, to be published on September 22, 2020, by Boyd's Millen Kane. Lily Bella Damsel Not in Distress is about a little girl named Lily Bell who loves being a damsel but loves the idea of ever being in distress, and even worse, of having to wait to be rescued. Soon enough, she finds herself in danger, and instead of waiting, she saves herself by using her wits and a few of her damselly talents. Writers and illustrators take in their surroundings and experiences and sometimes put it into their craft. There certainly are some details in my book that have come from my life. Growing up, I had trouble speaking up for myself, and to tell the truth, I still struggle with it at times. On the other hand, I've always been very friendly and diplomatic. I also liked all the things that are typically labeled as girly. I liked princesses, playing with dolls, my favorite color was pink, I liked butterflies, hearts, bows, ballet... But at the same time, I also loved those activities that were seen as boyish. Now, I won't lie, I was never good at sports, but I enjoyed trying. I climbed trees, liked running around, playing ball and superheroes as much as the other kid. But at those moments, I would be called a tomboy. I didn't like being labeled one thing or another. Why, why couldn't I be both? And worse, many times being girly was said in a negative way. It breaks my heart to see girls and boys still being criticized today for, for instance, liking princesses or pink, as if it's a bad thing, as a synonym for weakness. Bottom line is, I set out to create a heroine who conquers her space by being feminine and strong, that can defend herself without fighting, and by speaking up for herself in a friendly manner. I think I did that with Lily Bell, and I hope she can inspire kids in all those ways and maybe more. Hello, my name is Isabella Kung. I am the author and illustrator of No Fuzzball, coming out next year, August 4th. 2020 by Orchard Books, an imprint of Scholastic. My book is about a black fluffy cat named Fuzzball. She is the queen of the house and her subjects, <clears throat> I mean family, just worships her. Hear how they shout her name everywhere she goes. No, Fuzzball! But when they leave her queendom for a weekend, she questions whether she should be a more benevolent ruler to her family. You have to read to find out. So my answer to the question if there are any details in my book that have come from my life is yes. I totally take in my surroundings and experiences into my craft. I've always been told to write what you know, and I know cats. I already paint and draw cats all the time, even before I adopted my fur babies over 10 years ago. Cats is and will always be a subject I'll never get tired of. 
Most of us love cats for their grace and beauty, their silliness and laziness, and the way they act like they are royalty. Especially my two fur babies. While they look nothing like fuzzball, it is a combination of both their behaviors and personalities that created this ultimate queen. Like the way she demands food and attention, or her sunbathing ritual, and her power of destruction. Even the humans in this book are inspired by real life. The father of the story is modeled after my husband, wearing the same flannel shirt he used to always wear when we first met. And interestingly enough, I'm starting to look a lot like the mom in the story with my newish haircut. I can't wait for the book to hit the shelves next year and for everyone to meet my one true queen, no fuzzball. Thank you for listening. I'm Melanie Ellsworth, and I'm excited to share that my debut picture book, Clarinet and Trumpet, illustrated by John Herzog, comes out from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt on August 25th, 2020. Clarinet and Trumpet have a harmonious friendship until the brass and wind sections become rivals. What will it take to bring them back together so they can make music again? Houghton Mifflin is also publishing my picture book, Hip Hip Beret, illustrated by Morena Forza, and I believe that's on track to come out in the fall of 2020. So I'm here today to talk about the question, writers and illustrators take in their surroundings and experiences and sometimes put it into their craft. Are there any details in your book that have come from your life? Well, the answer is a resounding yes. I started playing the clarinet in fourth grade, and I played all the way through middle school, high school, college, and a bit beyond in various bands, orchestras, New England district bands, and pit bands for musicals. Being involved in musical groups gave me a safe place in school where I felt like I really fit in. And I loved that I could individually work on my craft and get better with the larger goal of being part of something that was bigger than myself, which was making music as part of a community. I've always wanted to try to find a way to write about that experience in a picture book. And I finally found a way in through a story about a friendly rivalry between a clarinet and a trumpet. And I should probably note as an aside that objects always seem alive to me. So why not have a talking clarinet and a trumpet, right? Many of my books actually do feature talking objects. Anyway, playing in bands, I was usually seated right behind, I mean, right in front of the brass section, and I can tell you that they were very loud. Conductors were always trying to get the brass section to tone down the volume so the wind instruments could be heard. And thinking back on that experience contributed to the characters of clarinet and trumpet and the things they liked about each other and also the things they really disliked. And I thought about how when you're in a band, you can feel the pull of being part of a particular section, like part of the woodwinds or the brass or the percussion but ultimately you all have to pull together if you really want the music to work and I think that's a metaphor for life too so that's why I wrote this book thanks Matthew for inviting me and the other Soaring 20s members and uh, writers and illustrators to contribute to your podcast we really appreciate it
I'm Susan Cousell. My book is The Passover Guest, illustrated by Sean Rubin and being published by Neil Porter Books, an imprint of Holiday House, in spring 2021. It's the first night of Passover, and one family is too poor to buy the food they need to celebrate the holiday. What will happen when a stranger knocks on their door? The story itself comes from my own life. When I was a kid, my mom would read me a picture book called The Magician, illustrated by Yuri Shelovitz, which is an adaptation of a Yiddish story by Al Peretz. I've loved the story for so long, it feels like a part of me, and I knew I had to write my own version of it one day. Passover is my favorite holiday, and it's been so much fun to write about and to research. I named my protagonist after my grandmother. Every time I see her name Muriel in print, it makes me think of her. The book is set in Washington, D.C. So many Jewish books are set in New York, and since I am from D.C., it was really wonderful to be able to set it in my own hometown. It incorporates several of my favorite landmarks. DC's beautiful cherry blossoms make me so happy every single spring, and I just knew they had to be in the book. It's been incredible to watch all these things that are so important to me come alive in Sean's amazing illustrations. Every time I see one, or even a small part of one, I cry. I'm very happy tears because each one of them means so much and it's like watching my life um, come to life on the page. So I'm excited about this debut. I'm excited about being here on this podcast and thank you so much for having us, Matthew. This is a hope claim. I'm a children's book author from South Korea. My debut picture book is called I Am a Bird, and it'll be published by Candlewick in January 2021. It is a story about fear of the unknown and discovering a kindred spirit told from the perspective of a child who sees a stranger every morning on a way to school. This book is very much drawn from my personal experience in fact, it is a mashup. My daughter and husband rode to school on a trailer bike every morning from kindergarten through second grade. When they rode off, I often heard my daughter call to the birds, bringing smiles to the people around them. These details appear in my story, and I was blown away when I saw Hewan Yum's illustrations. Hewan captures those moments so wonderfully. It's as if she saw them riding to school in real life. Another character in my story is the stranger, who is significant in that her entrance in the story triggers the main conflict and forces readers to examine our fear of the unknown. The stranger also came directly from my life. She's based on someone I encountered on my daily run in Golden Gate Park. Something about her gave me pause until I saw her in a different setting. 
I'm so glad that I was able to take these real-life experiences and details to create I Am a Bird. It's an important story that encourages readers to embrace our similarities rather than letting our differences divide us. I can't wait to share my book with all the listeners and readers out there. We have more in common with each other than we may think. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of nearly 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive, with special music this week by Chad Crouch, also from Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect the ideas or viewpoints of their publishers or of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron by visiting patreon.com and visiting the Children's Book Podcast. You can also write a review on iTunes or share the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means. That helps us reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.